Hey everybody, welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on a Wednesday night. I'll call it a Woody Wednesday. It is Snap Judgments on the podcast. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Let's not even just beat around it. Jackson Smith and Jigbo was in uniform. He was the last one off the practice field. He went over and I think that, is it called the Monarch Machine? I'm not sure. Whatever the new fangled version of the Jugs. A real king would know if it was a Monarch Machine. (laughs) That's a great point. Uh, It's not called the Jugs Machine? It's not called the Jugs Machine. No, that one's not. It's the like jugs is the one that just shoots right at you. This is the one that does the full route tree. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, more you know. Uh, I want to make sure that the brands get their shout out properly in case they want to sponsor Snappy J's. Which Enhanced jugs machine. I'm sure that there's... Let's be careful now. It's the start of an episode, not the end of it. Um, but what does that mean for Saturday? We've said for a couple weeks that he is... Jackson Smith and Jigba is targeting the Iowa game. He was on track for the Iowa game. He practiced. He got extra work after practice. That's what we know on a Wednesday uh, about Jackson Smith. So the question is going to keep coming up, and this is going to drive people crazy. Okay. Should they play him against Iowa? And that's the whole thing. It, I've, I've seen it in the ether. I've heard it on other platforms. Even if he is healthy, let him have this weekend off. Folks, what you have to understand is that if two weeks ago the game against Michigan State was against a better team, he could have played that right yes so the expectation is now like if you sit him again when he's able to play now it's just a little bit over the top 15 20 25 reps send him home right yeah i think that's right they've they've i think they've stolen enough time i'm not saying they stole it from him i'm saying they've they've stolen opportunities to not have to put him on the field um it's time if he's healthy put him out there it's it's the stretch run he's got to get into a rhythm i think um i don't anticipate him having to play the entire game against Iowa and really I don't, I'm not sure that he should but you know 20 snaps get him five or so targets let him get his feet under him if if he's ready to play he's gonna play he yeah. wants to play that's the that's the part of this we've I think we should be past that part of the conversation Jackson Smith and Jigba really really wants to win a national championship he really really wants to be on the field with his teammates that's just a fact so you know everything that he did to get back has pointed to this week with Iowa. There's no, barring some setback that I am not personally aware of, there's no inherent risk of, well, maybe one more week in Iowa and then Penn State. I mean, that would be a much tougher ask in my mind. The speed of that game, the physicality of that game, not taking anything away from Iowa, but just to go on the road and do that would probably be more difficult than being ready to go this week and whatever amount of you know snap counts you want to give him. So, I don't think that you have any benefit of trying to take one more week because at some point, and Ryan Day's made this point about other players that we're going to talk about, you can't perform at your best if you don't practice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's, he's going through those motions now. I've heard practice makes perfect. There's that's, that is one way to put it. There's just as much risk of him practicing out here. And once they feel fully confident in that, then he's going to go be Jackson Smith and Jigba in a game. Yeah. And he should be. And that's, you know, we, we talked all last week. It was like the, the off week was a chance for Ohio State to get healthy. We walked in here tonight. It's a little chilly. Got a little little noses are getting cold. The, the guys were like well, cooling down inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center instead of out in the... Maybe they were warming up then, Burm. No, no, because the practice was over. They're just, they're preparing themselves for the 75 degrees they're going to play in on Saturday. Yeah, which is weird. But, um, you know, Bill, like everyone seemed to be where they were supposed to be, right? Yeah. Um, Jackson certainly was. Got eyeballs on Mayan Williams, who 
I mean, we didn't watch them practice, but I watched them jog like 20 feet, and they looked fairly comfortable doing that. Um, was in full pads. I was not close enough to see whether or not he was perspiring, which I guess would be a telltale sign of how it's chilly. How good is true? Maybe he's not someone who sweats. Yeah, but uh, I saw him. I saw Jackson. I did not get eyes on Jordan Hancock. I I think you guys did. To be moving around normal, doing some extra stuff after after the practice is over. And same for Travion Henderson. So, what does it mean? We've said this every Wednesday. We're not doctors, but. Those are significant updates for guys that we had seen previously dealing with this stuff. So it looks like full steam ahead. Even Cameron Babb did not have on the knee brace. Uh, I think we've kind of neglected the fact that that injury for the him. The Cadillac that he normally wears on not, his leg. The caddy is gone. So, um, you know, we'll see what that means for him in the second half stretch run. If Ohio State can get him back in in some capacity uh, in uniform. Uh, that's the Wednesday night health update. In terms of. Yeah. How you guys In feel terms like? of actual football. So I, I, you know. I'm refreshed and recharged. Yeah, me too. Okay, good. Firm? Whatever. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> what did we actually learn about yeah, what did we learn? football today? Yeah. Anything, Bill? Wanna, you know, what was your biggest takeaway? Um, I, I'm finding myself a bit surprised at just how much a game that none of these guys played in seems <laughs> to be resonating with them. And maybe you just file that under coaches doing anything they can to, to cultivate an edge for their team. But, like, Luke Whippler who, I don't know, was it like in eighth grade when that game happened? <laughs> like, was like legitimately pissed off about the 2017 Ohio State-Iowa game. And I To guess, be fair, it doesn't take much to get... That's Luke, what I said To be there. fair. Yeah, he's like, like, get your blood boiling. I was like, I don't think it gets much to get, to get your blood... takes much to get your blood boiling. But uh, Berm asked Ryan Day about it yesterday, and Ryan Day talked about the scars from that game. And Ronnie Hickman and Lathan Ransom were talking about the scars from that game. Now, now granted, they were asked about it, but they, yeah. they, th- that word was not put into their mouth. They said it because Ryan Day has talked to the team about it. So it's just an interesting way to frame a game that doesn't appear to have a whole lot of stakes to it. I think that that game and the Purdue game in 2018 are two of the reasons why Ohio State and the Big Ten don't have the national respect that they should. Honestly, and I think it sounds crazy, but I think those are the types of moments where you – We've seen Alabama lose games they shouldn't lose. We've seen Georgia lose games they shouldn't lose. We've seen Clemson lose games. They don't lose 55-24 to 24 against a team that traditionally needs a lot of help to score points. And, you know, it wasn't just those – it wasn't just that they lost Iowa. It was that they got flat-out embarrassed by yeah. Iowa mm-hmm. and flat-out embarrassed by Purdue. And, again, none of these guys were part of that, but it still resonates around the program. And I think that they feel – that lack of national respect from people because of it—that's my. Opinion. It's weird how that works because, like, if Ole Miss does that to Alabama, yeah. people do backflips and say, "Oh, <laughs> here's how great the SEC is." Doesn't quite work for the Big Ten, and I understand that there's a little bit of a difference between Iowa and Ole Miss, but not as much as maybe there should be. It doesn't matter. But to hear those guys, like, a lot of times you get some of those storylines, and players are asked about one quote that they may have heard, like, uh, "No, that happened five years ago." Like, yeah. Uh, I don't care. It, it's we're just going to prepare like every other game, but that's not the way that they responded. And uh, credit to them, at least letting us know how how much that conversation did occur, and that Ryan Day wasn't lying to Berm. Yeah, and what I think is interesting about Iowa specifically is that they don't change anything, and so you can actually go back and watch a game from five years ago and find things about Iowa that are still relevant today because their defense is exactly the same. So. Like, they haven't changed much. So I think there's actually more value to that film than we would anticipate in most other settings. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you think, so a couple of guys said that, like, Ryan Day brought that up in the team meeting on Tuesday. Tuesday. 
Do you think he had planned to do that before you asked him the question, or was he like the Mark Cuban just like, oh, yeah, that game, yeah, we can use that. Oh. And I was like, oh, I'm going to bring that up to the meeting. No, I mean, as I said uh, on Snap Judgments on Tuesday, Ryan Day, like, that memory is locked in. And when If he loses, if he's had moments where he's felt personally embarrassed, and even though that one wasn't really on him, he was – nobody knew much about him. He did not throw him, the interceptions. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it still resonates, and I, he's just a guy that does not like to lose very much. And I – I think if Ohio State had played Iowa in 2020 like they were supposed to, he would have taken it out on them then. I, I expect that there will be some measure of recompense happening this weekend. <laughs> and uh, I I don't think this team is going to allow themselves to, to hmm. look ahead to Penn State. I really don't. Are you suggesting this is a revenge tour? I'm not. I'm just suggesting that if Ryan Day has ever been beaten by someone, he wants to personally punish them the next time. Luke Whipler <laughs> did say the word revenge. Yeah. And I was like, eh. Don't yeah. don't print the T-shirt. <laughs> it won't work. I promise. Um, yeah. What else was there to learn? It was a pretty good group of guys out there talking. Uh, Lathan Ransom sort of evaluating how his role is fitting, what the difference is between he and Josh Proctor, how that's going to move uh, working forward. I wonder. I guess this will be a good litmus test this week for our theory that Josh Proctor is more valuable against the hard-hitting traditional teams to put him in the box against the run, mm-hmm. uh, not. Not that Lathan Ransom cannot do that because he absolutely can. There's plenty of evidence of that. But uh, I don't know. What, what's your sense of how the defense will appear? Because will, we didn't talk about it yesterday because it seems silly. What they will do, how they might want to use personnel just to make sure that Iowa's defense offense lives down to its reputation. Yeah, I wonder if like the, it's, a bigger, it's a team that wants to play bigger personnel, but it's a team that wants to throw the ball to that bigger personnel. Yeah. So that, to me, suggests maybe a little more of, of a Lathan Ransom role. I, I don't know. There's room for both of them to play. I think it's fascinating to see how that works out between he and Josh Proctor throughout the season. But I also kind of feel like it's Lathan Ransom's job now. I, I, you guys can tell me if you, if you disagree, but it just feels like he's built up a lot of momentum at that bandit position, and it's hard for me to envision him not playing the majority of the snaps down the road, and maybe Josh Proctor becomes more of like a sub-package player. I feel like the only way Iowa has a chance to win this game is if they take the Notre Dame game plan and like do it on steroids, right? Not just throwing to one tight end every play, but throwing to three different tight ends all over the field. If you go back to the 2013 game at Ohio Stadium between Ohio State and Iowa, that game was 24-24 in the fourth quarter, and that was one of Urban Meyer's better teams. I mean, the 2013 team kind of fell off at the end when the games didn't matter uh, after the loss to Michigan State but um, in the Big Ten Championship game. But they, those 24-24 in the fourth quarter – the Iowa tight ends destroyed Ohio State in 2017 uh, in the 55-24 loss. That is the only way they can go. Iowa's actual running game is one of the more inefficient running games in college football. So I think that it is a game where Josh and Lathan are both going to be out there in coverage a lot against bigger. It's not like the, uh, these aren't like the world's most athletic tight ends, but they're extremely efficient and, and solid players. So, um, you know, it's what Iowa does. The problem is that we've all seen what their quarterback situation is. He is so, not very good. So nope. throwing it to anybody seems like a dicey proposition, especially maybe more so if you're trying to do it against Ohio State this week where maybe in years past we'd say, well, tight ends could be a good matchup because you don't know what you're going to get from Ohio State's linebackers. and They might not be that good in coverage. They might not be able to run even with a tight end. Well, Tommy Eichenberg and Still Chambers are probably not going to be out of position. Um, and these safeties... They can drive a defense, boys. And they certainly can. They, they're going to win those matchups, in my mind. Like I, I don't see any way that there's a single position group that can exploit Ohio State in this game. But 
Uh, yeah, I don't either. I mean, I, I don't. This is as bad an Iowa team as we're going to see in the Big Ten. I mean, the last time that they were underdogs by this many points was 2016 against Michigan. They actually beat Michigan in that game. But before that, they haven't been a 28-point underdog since 2002. Um, so it's a really, like, bad team. But for Ohio State, this entire night is about who cares about that stuff. You have to go out and execute because for as bad as they are, maybe talent-wise, they're not a team that's going to be just out of place and, and running into each other, as Bill said on Tuesday. So you have to be prepared to execute at a high level. And that's sort of a challenge coming off of bye week sometimes. Off yeah. weeks, sorry. Oh, man. Whoa. Wow. Try. Broke his own rule. You guys Tyvis Powell got to him. I think – um, Frazzle. I don't know what Brian Ferentz has in his bag of tricks. It's probably a pretty small bag. Um, but <laughs> it's I, like one of those bags with like, that holds like three dice. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just a box of gum. <laughs> but I, it feels like a kitchen sink kind of game for the Iowa yeah. offense to try to get Ohio State's defenders out of position, test their discipline. Uh, Lathan Ransom was talking a little bit about that. And I think we saw some of that too in the 2017 game. Like they do some backfield stuff or tight end delay stuff that just makes you be patient when you're trying to cover those guys. I'm not really nervous that Ohio State can't do it because I think they've showed an ability to remain patient, but um, it'll be a test, I think, especially coming off an off week. These guys always coming through. Um, All right. That makes sense. It's a good place to end it. A couple more days away. Saturday, noon, Horseshoe, Ohio State, Iowa. The off date will be over. A couple more days to go. A lot more coverage. We will have uh, we're back onto a Thursday schedule where Scott Docterman of The Athletic, uh, a colleague, former colleague of all three of us, uh, will join us to give some pretty entertaining <laughs> insight onto the Hawkeyes. Uh, and then we'll have a lot more. We have the lightning round on Thursday and um, Friday, some old peas. And, uh, and a Bermanology with Bryce West, uh, Bryce West, borderline five-star cornerback in the class of 2024 all right that coverage is coming to you on the podcast as always so look out for that a couple more days until kickoff i hope you stay with us that's bill burn i'm austin see you tomorrow